you're listening to The Way Home with Daniel Darling, a proud member of the Denim Audio Network. Well, hello and welcome to The Way Home Podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining me today. This is Dan Darling, your host. This is the week of Holy Week as we turn our gaze toward the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, really the central, the center point of the Christian faith and really the axis upon which the world uh, turns. We think of our calendars and everything that are set based on life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not too late to download the audiobook of my book, The Characters of Easter. If you want to listen to it with your family, you can also get the paperback edition. You can get that wherever books are sold. I also want to tell you about a new book that is coming out from Zondervan on Christian unity, on friendship, on the things that matter, uh, the things that we should really fight for, and the things that we should be open-handed about. I don't know about you, but the last several years, I've seen so many Christians divided over a lot of things. I've seen friends split, go separate ways. You've probably experienced that in your family, in your church, in your community, in your workplace, wherever. And uh, this book really tries to address what that means. How do we heal from being hurt by folks in the church? What does it mean to forgive how do we keep from being cynical when we hear about scandal and everything else? All of that, I share also a lot of my personal story in here more than I have in any other book. It's called Agents of Grace, How to Bridge Divides and Love as Jesus Loved. It'll be out May 9th, but you can pre-order it by going to your favorite retailer, pre-order the book Agents of Grace. Okay, I want to get to our guest today. He is a pastor here in Dallas-Fort Worth, pastor of Cross City Church. He's been there since 2006. John Meter. One of the interesting things about John Meter's story is that he grew up and continues to have a significant disability. He is uh, mostly deaf, but that has not stopped him from becoming what all that God has wanted him to be. And he has a new book out called God Is Not Done With You, a stories of comeback in the Bible. I love comeback stories. I love these. And John, Dr. John Meter, goes through uh, the Bible and finds comeback stories. And this is similar to what I'm doing with my character series, but in a different way. And you're just going to love this book if you get it. But you're going to love this conversation with someone that I really admire, who is a great leader here, great pastor. Let's join our conversation with John Meter. I'm glad to have uh, on the podcast, John Metter, who is pastor of formerly First Baptist Church of Euless and now Cross City Church here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, a wonderful church here in the Metroplex and uh, doing a lot of great ministry. And Pastor John has been a leader there for 40 years and really is a, a, a leader in this community. And I wanted to have him on to talk about his latest book called God's Not Done With You where he shares some of the Bible's greatest comeback stories, including his own. And I, John, I love the premise of this book so much, the idea of the comeback story. And before we talk about your story, before talking about the Bible, you know, I've always been a, 
I've always rooted for the comeback story. You know, I love sports. I don't know if you love sports like I do, but oh yeah, yes. you know, you think of you think of the underdog. You think of the the the, the comeback story. Folks who come back from an injury or are sort of even in politics. If you think of politicians, we thought were down and they came back and they won all those types of things. Oh, so, sure. I, I first want to ask you what inspired you to write this and to do this book. I'm guessing it was your own story, but also these comeback stories in scripture, right? Yeah, actually, a few years ago, uh, I preached through a message series called Great Comebacks. And it, it was inspired by uh, the stories in the Old Testament where different individuals, beginning with Moses and then Joseph and just a whole host of characters, came back from incredible setbacks. Uh, some of them were insurmountable obstacles or impossible circumstances, and God just would just bring people through. And as I preached through that series, I had numbers of people come and talk to me about how inspiring that was, encouraging that was. And many of them had parallel stories. So I just kind of had that in my heart and mind. And, uh, and then pandemic hit, and I thought, well, everybody needs to come back. Everybody's going to have to come back one way or another. And so that's the time in which I began to write this book in the middle of that pandemic uh, when we had a little bit more time on our hands to do things like that. So consequently, this book came out of a message series and out of people's testimonies. And I tell some of these stories in the book. So you have your own story. When you were six, you had some challenges that were a severe childhood illness left you profoundly with profound hearing loss, uh, with profound deafness. And talk about that story and how you, God has used that in your life uh, to, to shape you into the, the man of God that you are. Well, it's, it's a life story for me. Uh, at the age of six, I had a high fever. We lived in the country, no doctors around. By telephone, a doctor advised my parents to submerge me in a bathtub full of ice to break the fever. And it broke the fever, probably saved my life, but it left me with a severe hearing loss. So I've lost 95% of my hearing. I had already learned to speak, but my world went silent at that point. And my parents knew something was missing, but they weren't sure what it was. It was actually a first grade teacher that discovered it. So I grew up in an environment where I, I was never taught to sign, but I was taught to read lips. And so I got hearing aids, and they helped. And so I hear, I hear what a person would normally hear as murmuring in the next room. So I put lip reading together with what sounds I do hear, along with a big dose of the grace of God, and I function that way. And so my life is one where I have struggled with this hearing loss, being the only person uh, in my environment that wore hearing aids, a kid that couldn't keep up in class, etc. So I was pretty angry at God uh, by the time I hit my teenage years. God, if you're so big, if you're so strong, you could have healed me, you could have changed this, but you didn't. And I was an angry child as a result of that. But I had an encounter with God that, that helped me know that he had a plan for all this and that he loved me and accepted me even if I didn't think others did. And that was really a turning point in my life. I'd already been saved, but this is where I really yielded to my circumstances, God's willingness to leave me in them, but give me the grace of God. So that's part of my story is that sometimes God leaves you in a circumstance, but still lets you be victorious over it in spite of your own physical impairment or impossibilities. Mm. I really, I really appreciate that. What, uh, you know, obviously going through that as a, as a, as a child and having to 
to have that difficulty that other kids didn't have to have kids are asking questions, you know, you, as you said, you, you sort of had some bitterness when you were uh, teens about that. I'm sure you encounter people today, young kids today who have similar disabilities or similar difficulties. What word do you have for parents of children that have to endure things like that? Or for the children themselves who God has allowed them to, to have this sort of thing that they have to deal with? Well, that, that group of people is my tribe. Uh, those are the mm. people that I love to talk to. Those are the people that I love to interact with because I can only imagine what my parents went through. They were phenomenal parents, but uh, I could only imagine what they thought about how my future might play out with this impairment. Mm. They were people of faith. They trusted God. They helped me in every way that parents could help. But still, I had to learn by myself, how to trust the grace of God and, and, and sort this thing through in my heart and mind. And I tell kids who have impairments of any kind or parents who have kids that uh, interact, uh, that have these problems, I, I tell them, look, if you'll just wait it out, if you'll just watch and wait with God, he'll show you how he's going to use this in your life. And I've really not been disappointed in the stories I've heard in the days after that, and neither have they. They've watched God work in their life in spite of what they might consider an insurmountable obstacle in their lives. So I love to talk to parents, and I love to talk to kids or anyone that really has physical impairment. God can do something extraordinary in their lives. Mm -hmm. What a great message. I'm sure as a pastor, that's given you an extra measure of empathy for all sorts of people who are suffering and hurting. And, you know, did you, I, I'm curious when you were, when you were 18, when you were in those difficult years, did you ever envision that you would be a pastor, that you'd be someone uh, leading a, a, a congregation and, 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 and be the kind of person that people are coming to with their problems and, and difficulties? Never imagined it at all. In fact, my father is a pastor, and because I knew what a pastor's life was and mm -hmm. the need to be able to hear people and interact with them, talk with them on the phone or whatever, I did not want to be a pastor. I wanted to be anything but that. So I set my sights on being a professional athlete, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I ended up playing college basketball, but not beyond that. Uh, and then I thought, okay, I'll be a coach. There's a lot of things I thought about, but God kept drawing me back to the ministry, mm -hmm. and you know, one of the things he said to me in the process of praying through that was, John, if you can hear me, I'm the only one you really need to hear. And uh, I can use you if you'll listen to me. And so consequently, I learned that that's the most important thing that a pastor needs to know, how to hear from God, how to understand his word. And God gives me the grace and people give me grace to shepherd them, pastor them, converse with them. It's really been an extraordinary journey. I want to talk about a few of the biblical characters you you go through in this story. I, I love this book because you know I love uh, writing about Bible characters, studying about Bible characters, as you know, and uh, I love the way that you did this. I want to talk about Moses. Moses is one of my favorite characters. I remember when I was in in college, I listened to a series by Chuck Swindoll on the life of Moses. I remember just being like hearing this biographical series, and me and my friends were passing these cassette tapes back and forth, you know, about Moses. And he mm -hmm. did have quite a comeback, right? He He's the prince of Egypt, if you will. He thinks he's going to help, you know, conquer, you know, help help lead this rebellion, help to deliver his people. He fails. He's in the wilderness. Then he comes back. Talk about Moses' comeback story. 
Well, it's a great story, like you said. And those first 40 years are 40 years of privilege in many ways. But his anger got the best of him in a in a sense of injustice where he saw the laborers of the Jewish, the Jewish people who were laboring for Pharaoh, he saw an oppressor beat uh, one of his Jewish brothers, and he reacted. Instead of letting God level the playing field and deal with it, Moses took matters into his own hands, was angry, he killed the Egyptian, he buried the body, but they were after him from that moment on. So at 40 years of age, he becomes a fugitive for the next 40 years on the backside of the desert. That's the second 40-year period of his life and the one that nobody talks about. What's it like being on the mm. backside of the desert for 40 years? That's a great question. And um, so I'm sure those are years of regret until God speaks to him in that burning bush experience and really preps him for what we know as the exodus. So here's a guy that's blown it in every way you can. And God still has a purpose for his life and still has significance for him and leads him all the way uh, to the point of setting uh, the Israelites free. But Moses has this problem with anger that God is able to overcome and work beyond that anger. That's why I identify with it, because I was an angry young man and God was able to work in my life in spite of that anger. Quite a comeback story. Mm. Mm. How about Jonah? I mean, Jonah is a favorite story of all of us, but his comeback was a little bit more dramatic than most most folks. <laughs> There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And I love the fact that Jesus affirmed the whole story of Jonah and the whale, too. So mm. we're, we're not at liberty to argue about the facts here. Jesus right. himself said, this is what's happened. So we have to take this at face value. And, and, and what an incredible story. What a surprise ending. So I'm struck by this. I'm struck by the fact that Jonah is the one thing in this story that says no to God. Uh, The fish Mm -hmm. says yes to God. The tree says yes to God. The worm says yes to God. Even the Ninevites say yes to God. But Jonah says no to God all the way through until until that moment that the whale swallows him and he's at the very bottom. So I learned a lot about Joseph, uh, Jonah, and one of those lessons is don't wait so long to say yes to God. Don't wait so long to finally agree. But everything in creation responds to God positively except man. But the other thing I love about the story of Jonah is that the way the Lord writes the book of Jonah for us, he leaves a question mark at the end. Because at the end, we, do, we don't really know how Jonah responds. It's, it's left with a question mark. As though God were asking us, okay, now how will you respond when things don't work the way you think they should work? What are you going to do? And you're in the same shoes that Jonah stands in, and you've got to make the right decision. So yeah, Jonah convicts me every time I I walk through that book. You also profile Peter, and we talked a little bit about Peter, but he's one of my favorite people. Can 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 you talk about his comeback a little bit? Here he is, a devoted disciple makes a great faith proclamation of faith at Caesarea. Then he denies the Lord. And then he's sort of sorrowful. He's on the beach. He doesn't know what's, what's my future. And then of course, Jesus says, Hey, you're going to be the one that feeds my sheep. Just a remarkable story. I always think if you are picking someone that, that you're going to appoint to feed God's people, to care for God's people, none of us would have picked Peter in that moment. And Jesus uh, pick Peter. So, so can you talk about him a little bit? Sure. And I love the fact that so many people take uh, encouragement from the fact that if Peter denied the Lord, 
then we at various times in our lives have denied the Lord, and yet God still used Peter, and he could still use us. And I absolutely love the fact that um, that when Peter comes uh, on that fishing trip, he's, he's out there and sees Jesus on the seashore, that everything in that story reminds him of his denial of Christ. And yet Jesus brings him back to that spot and says, do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. So God really uses this man in a big way. Now, I, I think everybody identifies with Peter. He puts his foot in his mouth. He always says what he thinks. He, he does the wrong thing at the wrong time. And yet God still puts his life back together and uses him as a key apostle uh, and the leader of the disciples during, during those, uh, those years. So, uh, yeah, Peter's a greatly inspirational story. Yeah. Who, who, cannot, who cannot be used by God if Peter can be? Exactly. And then, of course, you talk about Esther, but you also mention a woman that is probably a little bit more obscure, Abigail. Uh, talk about Abigail and her comeback story. You know, I keep saying this when I talk about this book and all these stories, that Abigail may be my favorite. And the reason I think that this story is, resonates so well with me is that you have in one chapter of the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 25, you've got the story of Abigail, who is really caught in the crossfire between a wicked husband named Nabal and the king-to-be, David, whom Nabal has offended. And it's really unjust that she's even in that moment. But there she is, navigating between these two angry men. And, and I, I really believe that so many people are in that situation today, dealing with difficult people. That's the title of the chapter, Difficult People. How can God use difficult people in our lives? Most of us could name a few difficult people in our lives. And God gives her the grace to know what to do, to know what to say. And in the end, God deals with Nabal, and God uses Abigail to preserve the kingdom of David uh, for the future. And then later on, David comes back around and, and asks her to be his wife. I mean, it's got everything. A great movie could be made of this. I mean, you've got violence, a threat of it anyway. You've got war. You've got two-minute battle with each other. You've got adventure. And then you've got romance. It's all there. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. And, you know, the Bible is obviously full of these. I want to talk a little bit about pastoring. You know, you, you've been pastoring for a long time. These have not been easy days to pastor in the last four, five, six years with political tension, racial tension, COVID, so many things swirling around in the, in the, in the world. How have you maintained your joy in the midst of, of pastoring? And what, what are some advice you give to younger pastors as they're kind of, kind of leading in, in sometimes very turbulent times? You know, I don't, I don't know that I have a formula, but I do know that during the pandemic, we, we made the decision to anchor in and just simply love our people. We didn't have any idea how difficult the pandemic would be, but we knew that was really the only option we had as shepherds, as pastors. Get in touch with your people, get on the phone with them, find out how they're doing, love on them, be patient with them. And so our church, our staff, and our pastors, and our deacons, other leaders in the church just decided to do that. And in the end, it became the very best strategy, and of course the go-to for every pastor should be to love his people well. So we walked through that, and coming out of the pandemic, we just found our church was more aligned, more on the same page with mm. vision and with the strategy of reaching more people for Christ. It's just been a great experience. Now, I know that life is more complicated. 
I know that having worship services became more complicated, all the things you named with racial tension and everything else. But we just found that God really helped us as we zeroed in on loving our people well and identifying with what they were going through in every way we could. Mm. Mm. That's really good. Well, Pastor John Meter, I, I really appreciate your ministry and I'm thankful for your faithfulness and your kind of leadership here in Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I want to encourage folks to get your book that is uh, it's titled God's Not Done With You and uh, Encouragement from the Bible's Greatest Comeback Stories, a great read uh, published by the Good Book Company. We're going to have links to this in our show notes. But uh, Pastor John, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you so much. It's a privilege to talk to you. Thank you for listening to this edition of The Way Home Podcast with Daniel Darling. For more information, you can visit danieldarling.com. If you do like this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. We also encourage you to rate and review so others can know about the podcast. You can follow me at, at @dandarling on Twitter or go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Daniel M. Darling. Thank you for listening to The Way Home Podcast. Podcast.